Really today, the message is simply entitled, Light Disrupts Darkness. Light Disrupts Darkness. And how Jesus offers hope to a dark world. And if you found John 1, if you will, this morning, and you're physically able to, if you'll stand to your feet, out of respect for the reading of God's word, we'll just read the first five verses this morning. And then we'll pray and you can be seated. The Bible says there, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. And let's go to the Lord in prayer. If you'll join me silently while I pray aloud. Lord, we sure do love you. Thank you again for loving us. You certainly are a great God. Lord, we come to you realizing we are nothing and you are everything. And we certainly do come to you today, Lord, looking for you and uh, this opportunity of light and how it lights our world, how it lights our lives, Lord, how it shapes us or how it can change us, how it can show things in our life that needs to be addressed. And Lord, your word can help us, Lord, in so many different ways. We come to you realizing, Lord, that we are nothing and you are everything. And we want to hear from you. So Lord, I pray you'll help me, Lord, to get out of the way and allow you to flow through me. And may your word be preached, Lord. We know that's where the power is, your word. Or may you fill me with your Holy Spirit power. May you be with the children and the teens. And Lord, all those online tuning in, may they know they're cared for and loved and appreciated. Lord, thank you for the many that were already here on their 830 service and now here at the 11. And thank you for so many people, Lord coming to hear your word preached today, Lord. May we be a light in this world, Lord. And I pray that you'll help us, Lord, like only you can. We sure do love you, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. I know on Thanksgiving Day, we got the honor and privilege, I don't know what time you did, but for us it was noon, uh, to really stuff ourselves. And uh, I enjoyed doing so. And soon afterwards... After being overwhelmed by so much food, I asked this question, perhaps you did too. What have I done to myself? And since the fall of man, humanity has been saying, what have we done to ourselves? How have we gotten ourselves into this pickle, into this mess? Reminds me about a lady who overheard her husband mumbling something, and so he didn't know she was there, and she kind of eavesdropped a little bit as she heard him say, Heavenly Father, so far today I've done all right. I haven't gossiped. I haven't lost my temper. I haven't been greedy, grumpy, or nasty. So far today, I haven't even been self-centered. I'm really happy about that so far. But in a few minutes, I'm going to be getting out of bed, and then I'm going to need a lot of help. Thank you. Amen. We live in a broken world, do we not? A broken society. It's not supposed to be this dark. All humanity is crying out for something better. Yesterday I got the honor and privilege of uh, canvassing an area. And uh, as I went about, I got to talk to about a dozen people or so and invite them to our church and talk to them a little bit about the Lord. And one gentleman was decorating uh, his yard. and, And I said you know, beautiful decorations. He says, well, I'm, I'm, I'm contemplating the manger scene. I said, what do you mean? He says, well, we put it out every year. He said, but, he said, uh, 
we've wrestled it with this year because there's been a lot of talk that we could be targeted or people could uh, seek us out and do harm because we have the manger seat in our front yard. And of course, I was saddened to hear that. Thankfully, he said, you know what, we're still going to put it out. Because that's where I draw the line. Uh, we're going to put it out. And I thought, would it have been so foreign a few years ago even to hear someone say that and say, what are you talking about? But in the day and age we live in, is that maybe in the back of some of our minds? There's a lot of crazy people out there doing a lot of interesting things, doing a lot of things that aren't pleasing to the Lord. And even as Christians, sometimes we feel like we're not accepted and we feel like we're even sought out and maybe even mocked a little bit, maybe even more so. Perhaps persecutions on the horizon, we do not know. But I do know one thing, in this dark world we live in, there is light. And that light is way more powerful than any darkness. The Christmas story begins before creation. In fact, John 1 verse 1 brings us back to the real essence of Christmas. We are made for light. We are trapped in darkness. But because of Christmas and the work of Jesus, we have been invited back into the light. So this morning I want us to see three areas that we can experience light. Number one, we were made for light. If you're writing, we were made for light. The Bible says in John 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word. We were made for light because of the Creator. Because of the Creator. You see, the Word here in verse number 1 was eternally God. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was there is in perfect tense, which means an action that continues. I'm thankful this morning that we have a God that's eternal. He always has, always will be, always been. Eternity is who Jesus is, who God is. A couple of months before Christmas, the wife of a mail carrier was tragically killed and the husband was really struggling with it and he went into work one day, he was sorting through all the mail. His job that day was to go through the pile of mail that was all supposed to be sent back because there wasn't the right address. And he came across one that was addressed to Santa Claus. And so he looked at it and he smiled a little bit to himself until he saw the upper left corner was his own address on there. He thought, wow, this is interesting. And so he opened up the letter and found a little note that said, Dear Santa, my mommy died two months ago, and since then, my daddy has been crying himself to sleep every night. He says only eternity will heal him. Would you please send a little bit of eternity to my dad this Christmas? And signed was his daughter. Signature. May I say this morning, God not only sent us a little bit of eternity, he sent us the very heart of heaven, did he not? 1 John 4.14 says, And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. You see, God was not only eternal. His word was eternal. But his word was also equally God. The Bible says in verse 1, And the word was with God. Who was the word? Well, we know the word was Jesus Christ, was equal to God. The word is the Greek word logos. 
This idea has deep and rich, rich roots for the Jews, the Pharisees, and even the Greek philosophers. See, the Jews, the rabbis often referred to God and the, his personal aspects in terms of his word. In the mind of ancient Jews, the phrase, the word of God, could be used to refer even to God himself. And the Greek philosophers also saw the word as a power that puts sense in the world and that keeps it going instead of it going chaotic. It keeps it in perfect order and control of all things. So the Jews understood the word of God meant God. The Greek philosophers understood that the word meant that God was in control. John here basically says, for centuries... You have been talking, thinking, and writing about the Word. And I'm simply telling you that the Word is now here. The Word is not just God. It's Jesus Christ. Not just eternal. It's equal, but it's also essentially God. The Bible says in verse 10, uh, uh, in the, or verse 1, and the Word was God. We see here the deity of Jesus. Jesus is co-eternal, co-equal and co-powerful with God. John 14, 10. The Bible says, Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father which dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. All throughout his life, Jesus proved that he was God. Statements like this, Peace be still, proved he was God. When he was able to say, Rise up and walk, proved that he was God. When he said, Lazarus, come forth, proved he was God. When he was able to say, thy sins be forgiven thee, proved he was God. When he was able to say on the cross, as he was about ready to die, his blood being shed, with that last gasp of breath, he said, it is finished, proved that he was God. And so we see this morning, As John writes to us, the word was equal with God, eternally God, and essentially God. But also we see, not just through the creator, but through his creation. The Bible says in verse number three, all things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. Do you realize this morning that you were made by God? And he made you on purpose for a purpose. The creator of creation humbled himself and became a creature in creation. And I have no doubt if I were to ask you a question this morning and say, what was the most greatest manifestation of God's power? Some might say this morning, his creation. And I agree, that was pretty powerful. Some may say, it was his miracles. The fact that he could do miracles manifested his power. Some would say this morning, no doubt, it was the cross that he was willing to go to the cross for you and me, that was manifestation of his power. Some say the resurrection. That had never been done before. That was a great manifestation of power. But I submit to you this morning, the greatest manifestation of power was the very fact that God was willing to add humanity to his deity. The fact that he was willing to leave heaven and come to earth, and be born in the manger, and live amongst men, and be killed by those same men for you and me. Paul says it this way in Philippians 2, verse number 5, 
Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but took himself, made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Do you realize this morning what Jesus did for you and me? What no one else probably ever would have done. He was willing to leave the splendors of heaven to become a human being. God in the flesh. And Christmas lights is all about him. He is a maker of creation. But not only is he the maker of creation, we see in this passage he is the master of creation. See, not only did he create everything, but he keeps everything going. The Bible says in verse 4, In him was life. And the life was the light of men. Not only did he make the universe, but his power keeps the universe going. Colossians 1.16 says it this way, For by him are all things created, that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones, whether they be dominions, whether they be principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things Consist. So not only was he able to create everything, he was able to consist everything, which simply means it's the glue of the galaxies. He holds everything together. What a powerful God. Not only was he able to create everything, he was willing to master it, and everything was consisted of him. Several years ago, a little girl asked her mother, Mom, where did people come from? The mother said, well, God made Adam and Eve. They had children, and they had children, and that's how all mankind came together. A couple days later, she wasn't quite satisfied with the answer. She went to her father and said, Dad, how in the world did everyone come to be? He said, it's like this. Many years ago, there were monkeys, which the human race evolved from. The confused little girl went to her mother and says, Mom, How is it possible that you told me that we were created by God and Daddy said we were created by monkeys? Their mother answered, Oh, well, dear, it's all very simple. I told you about my side of the family and your father told you about his. May I say this morning that Jesus Christ is not just the creator, the maker of creation. He is the master of creation as well. I'm thankful this morning that what this means for you and me today is God is in control this Christmas. Though it may look like the world is spinning out of control. Though it looks a little crazy, it is all in his hands. He made them. He designed them. In fact, in Romans 5, 8, the Bible says, but God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. God's in control. We were made for the light. The life lights men, chases away darkness, and I'm thankful this morning for light. God is the life your heart longs for. It causes you to flourish. Perhaps you're here this morning, and you're wondering, what is my purpose What is my desire in life? What should I be striving for? Why does everything seem so empty? Because Jesus Christ is the only one who can fill it. So we see this morning, we were made for light. But second of all, we are trapped in the dark, if you're writing. We are trapped in the dark. 
Why did the creator desire to become a part of his creation? Can you imagine? He created everything and he was willing to become a part of what he created. Put on human flesh and walk among men to live and to die. Why would he do that? Well, I can give you two reasons this morning. Number one, Jesus Christ came to bring life into deadness. The Bible says in him was life and the life. When Jesus came into this world, he entered a world filled with dead men. The problem was these dead men didn't know they were dead. Now, I know that sounds kind of crazy, but let me try to explain it this way. A farmer years ago, years and years ago, was trying to teach his son the ways of life on a farm. So he took his son out of the hen house, grabbed the chicken and said, Son, your mama wants a chicken for dinner. You know what you have to do. With that, he cut the chicken's head off, and the chicken began to flop and run around on the ground. The little boy's eyes got wide. With amazement, he said, Daddy, look at that. That there chicken is dead and doesn't even know it. What I'm getting at this morning is you and I at one point in our life and maybe still are dead and not even know it. What do you mean by that, Pastor Justin? Well, I think Paul says it best this way in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 1. And you hath he quickened, made alive, who were dead and trespasses and sins. So in a way you can be alive without, uh, you can be dead without even realizing it. Dead in your trespasses and sins. Where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power and air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. So what I mean by you're dead, you're not dead physically, you're dead spiritually. You're in need of a savior. In fact, Jesus came so that dead men could live. In John 5, 24. The Bible says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. In fact, he goes on to say in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So essentially, Jesus is the strength of earthly life. Jesus is the secret of effective life. Someone said this, three things make life worth living. A self fit to live with, a faith fit to live by, and a purpose fit to live for. John 10.10 says it this way, I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. Which brings us to not only is Jesus the strength of earthly life, the secret of effective life, but also he is the source of eternal life. 1 John 5.12, he that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son hath not life. So in a sense, Jesus Christ came to bring life to deadness. But he also came to bring light into darkness. You may be dead in sins right now and not even realize it. You may be dead spiritually. But you certainly may be dark spiritually and not even know it. The Bible says in verse 5, And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. We are not just spiritually dead, but we are also spiritually darkened. But what I'm thankful this morning is Jesus Christ came to change all that. 
John 8, 12 says, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So essentially, we are made for light. We are trapped in darkness, but Jesus Christ came to change that. Ephesians 5, 8, for you were sometimes darkness, but now you are light. To open their eyes, Acts 26, and to turn them from darkness to light. Colossians says, he who hath delivered us from the power of darkness. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, 6, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts. Do you remember? You don't. But it was similar, I'm sure, to when God stood as he was creating things and said, Let there be light. Do you remember the day when you too came to Christ and accepted Jesus in your heart? And in a sense, Jesus was saying, Let there be light in their life. And so we see this morning that light brings light into darkness. Jesus does. In fact, John 3 verse 19 says that not everyone accepts this light. And this is the condemnation that light is coming to the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. In fact, in John 1 5 we read earlier, the Bible says, and the darkness comprehended it not. In other words, they did not lay hold on or claim for oneself. So we were made for the light because of our sin. We are trapped in darkness. Therefore, we must have the light. And how do we get the light? Well, we must have Jesus Christ. But yet so many in this world today are rejecting that light. Most folks are all messed up with this one thing this year. I myself am still wrestling with it. What to get that perfect gift for that perfect somebody. We wrestle with that. We want lists, you know. We want someone to give us some hints. We try to ask. Sometimes our spouse are stubborn. They won't give us an inch. I don't need anything. I don't need anything. You don't need anything at all? Not even a pair of socks? No, no, I don't need anything. What can I get them? May I say today, way better than finding the perfect gift is realizing the perfect gift has already come. And that is Jesus Christ. He came for you and for me. In fact, the world is dark, but God wants to bring light. By the way, when he created the world, he created it good. The Bible says in Genesis 1.31, And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. In chapters 2 and 3, if you read it, we see the fall of man, and therefore God had to bring a flood and destroy it all. In fact, Romans 5.12 says, Wherefore is by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. And so what light does is it penetrates the darkness. I'm not a big fan of darkness. In fact, you've probably heard me allude to, I'm not a big fan of time change. If I was in control, I would, I would do without it. But it is what it is. And when it starts getting dark around 5 o'clock, it's just, it's just, you know, ah. Last night, I, actually Friday night, we, we, we got everything out, we decorated, and uh, we're getting all ready to go. Everything was done except for the tree, lights on the trees. We, I, I put the lights out on the porch and plugged them all in. It was, it was kind of nice that at least every strand was working. Now, a few of them I had to wrap around a couple times, you know, to eliminate some of those dead ones. But when we had gotten to the tree and we were getting ready to put the lights on, uh, 
Brittany came out and says, Daddy, the lights don't work. I said, come on. Lights never work. So I walked in and I said, babe, I said, didn't we just get those lights? She goes, no, we got them like 10 years ago. Oh, okay. Well, I guess they've served their purpose. So what are we going to do? My kids want to decorate the tree, but we got to put the lights on first. So what do you got to do? Got to go to the store. And I said, okay, I'll go. I drove down there. It was about, before I left, I plugged in the outside lights and it was still light. And, and all the way down into Malala, the sun was setting and the mountains, it was just gorgeous. And I thought, this is great. In the midst of the shopping, getting everything done, I was heading back, and I realized it's dark. Pulled onto our street off Beaver Creek Road. There we were driving in. Oh, man. Here it is. It's all dark. But then I made that corner, and I pulled in the driveway, and there it was. House is all lit up. Lights. And I thought, wow, what a difference light makes. It penetrates. It makes it inviting. You want to be around it again. May I say today, the light will penetrate darkness. How does it do it? Well, it can show us what we need to do, can it not? It can be offensive. Can't the gospel be offensive? If you want to shut it off. It can show darkness in me. Have you ever gotten ready in the morning and tried not to disturb anyone and barely had enough light? only to get to work and realize you had a pair of blue and black socks on, you know. And the light was very obvious then. You made a mistake. Light can also reveal sin in our heart, can it not? The gospel shows we are trapped in darkness, even though we are made for the light. But what the gospel also does is it invites us to the light. Which brings us to number three. We are invited back to the light. So we were made for light. We were made in God's image. Because of our sin nature, we messed that up. We became trapped in darkness. We had no hope and had nowhere to go. And then, thankfully, Jesus Christ, during the Christmas season, was willing to come and to be born amongst us and then to live for three plus, 33 plus years and then die on a cross to pay for your sins and mine so he could also invite us back to the light. The Bible says in John 1, verse 6, we won't study all this passage out today, but I want to at least read it to you. There was a man sent from God, his name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He, who was, this is John, was not that light. He was simply just a preacher of the gospel, but was sent to bear witness of that light, which was Jesus That was a true light, which lighteth every man that cometh unto the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came into his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born again. Not of blood, this is lineage, not of the will, the flesh, which is works, nor the will of man. No. The Bible says they were born again of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Romans 5 says it this way. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Can you believe that? Because of one sin in the garden. Now, all of mankind has come under condemnation. 
We're all sinners in need of a Savior. But, I love this part, even so by the righteous of one, Jesus Christ, came, the free gift came upon all men on the justification of life. One person messed it all up for us and one person changed it all for us. You see, we've all been trapped in darkness, but because Jesus came, we've all been invited back into light by one man's disobedience, verse 19. Many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall be made many be made righteous. You see, we're all sinners in need of a Savior, even the youngest amongst us. A pastor was walking down the street one day, getting his walk in. He looked over and he saw a little child who was trying desperately to push the doorbell of the house. He stood on his tiptoes, he even jumped, and he couldn't get it. The pastor felt sorry for him and says, okay, I need to go help him. He probably needs to get back in his house. So he walked up to the little boy and he says, what are you trying to do? He goes, I'm trying to push the doorbell. So the pastor says, here, just I'll do it. He pushes it. And then he leaned down to the little boy and says, whispers, okay, now what? The little boy says, you better run. He took off running. <laughs> pastor found himself explaining himself. And I say, may I say today, we all have a sin nature. We've all done wrong. We all are in need of a Savior. John 10, 9 says it this way. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life. They might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. The Bible says in John 3, verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. May I encourage you today? As the Bible says in verse number 18, He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. We we're all made for light. We're created in God's image. But because of our sin nature, we are all trapped in the light. But Jesus Christ, in his love and mercy, was willing to come and be obedient to the Father. This Christmas season, we were able to celebrate it. But he was willing to be born in a manger and attach humanity to his deity. He was willing to be nailed to a cross after being beaten and mutilated, and even looked like a man. And as he endured that crucifixion for a long time, and longer than anybody else probably could have done, and as he was weak, and as he pulled himself up for breath, he finally says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And then he cried, It is finished. And when he said that, he gave up the ghost. And at that, that, at that moment, your sin and my sin was all paid for. We're now at a T in the road. We can choose eternal life through Jesus Christ, and accept his free gift of salvation. Or we can say, no, I'm going to do it on my own. And we see that condemnation will come over us, and we'll have no hope, and one day find ourselves in hell. It's your choice today. What will you choose? Do you believe that? Will you accept that though we were trapped in darkness, we have been invited in light? Will you accept God's free gift of salvation? And then second of all, if you are a believer... Will you live in the light? Will you walk in the light? 
Will you let the light reshape you? How can God and his word, his spirit, walking in the spirit, seeking to be more like Christ, how can it reshape you to be a better Christian this Christmas? How can you grow in some areas that God's been working on you this week, this month? May I encourage you to respond as God would have you to. Every head bowed, every eye closed this morning. As we think and contemplate this message, as we realize we're made for the light, as we realize we've been trapped in darkness, and as we realize this morning that we have been invited back to light, that leads us to a perplexity. Uh, There's a a T in the road. We have to make a decision. Will you choose to do things on your own? Or will you choose to come to Jesus? With heads bowed and eyes closed, maybe there's someone here today that would say, Pastor Justin, I do not know for sure I'm going to heaven. I've been trapped in darkness. I'm as a dead man. I, I'm in darkness and I didn't even know it. I understand today that my sin is keeping me from the Savior and I want to know for sure I'm going to heaven. I want a relationship with Jesus Christ. I realize it's not what I can do. It's what Jesus did for me. And I want to put my faith and trust in him. I want to become a child of God. I want to know for sure I'm going to heaven. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if I could have everyone just sitting in your pew and I encourage you to open up your heart today. How many say, Pastor Justin, that's me. I will not embarrass you. I will not even point you out. I just want to pray for you. How many say, Pastor Justin, that's me. Will you slip up your hand this morning? I want to pray for you. Say, I need Jesus in my life. I want to know for sure I'm going to heaven. Maybe there's someone this morning that would say, Pastor Justin, will you pray for me? Say, Pastor Justin, I know for sure I'm going to heaven. But I'll be honest with you today. I haven't been living in the light or walking in the light or letting the light reshape me like it should. And God touched my heart. I want to get closer to the light this morning. I want to get back involved. Maybe it's a matter of being faithful at church. Maybe it's a matter of being faithful to your Bible reading. Maybe it's a matter of you uh, allowing God to uh, touch your heart and then responding the right way and allowing it to reshape you. But somewhere along the line, say, Pastor Justin... Will you pray for me that I'll let the light reshape me? If that's you, we slip your hand. I want to pray for you this morning. I see those hands. Maybe someone would say, Pastor Justin, I realize that Jesus Christ is the light of the world. But I don't want to be like that old song, hide it under a bushel, no. I want to keep my light shining brightly this Christmas season. I want to be used of God to be a witness this Christmas season. I want God to use me to light up the world. Pastor Justin, will you pray for me that I will be someone God can use to light up the world? That's you this morning. We slip your hand. I want to pray for you. God bless you all over. May I encourage you today to respond to the messages God would have you to. Maybe you would like to know for sure you're going to heaven. We'd love to talk to you about that. Maybe you know the light needs to reshape you. Maybe you need to pray with God how that will happen. And Maybe you need to be a better light in your community for the cause of Christ. We live in an area that needs the light more than ever. May we not forget that. Lord, you saw the hands, you know the hearts. I thank you for this passage of scripture that we can learn from you. A little bit about the Christmas season, a little different than normal. We learn about the light that came to this earth. And we got to see it through this passage of scripture. May you help us to respond to the light. 
If there is someone who didn't raise their hand but needs to know for sure they're going to heaven, may they get that settled today. I'd love to talk to them about it. Maybe they come forward today during the invitation. Maybe there's someone that needs a light to reshape them. They need to walk in it. They need to get closer to it. May you help them. Or maybe someone raised their hand about being a better light in this world, being better at sharing their faith, sharing the gospel. May we respond to that. Maybe there's someone today that's just overwhelmed and burdened and just going through a difficult season. May you touch their heart as well. Thank you, Lord. In the midst of a dark world we live in, we have the light, and we can stay close to you. We sure do love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. If we could stand to our feet this morning, the piano's playing. This is an opportunity, maybe you're newer to our church, to come forward maybe and spend some time with God already. People have been coming. And I encourage you to respond to the message as God would have you to. There's pastors up here who would love to pray with you or love to help you in any way. Maybe you need to follow it in baptism. We'd love to talk to you about that. Maybe you'd like to join the church and become a member and a part of something. We'd love to talk to you about that. Maybe you have a need that is just a burden that you'd like someone to pray with you. We'd love to talk to you about that as well. Maybe I encourage you to respond to the messages God would have you to today as the piano plays. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. Thank you for your faithfulness to God's house in the Christmas season, even on a holiday weekend. You'll appreciate it. What a great crowd. And I hope you'll be able to watch the video with us. We're going to show you some announcements coming up, ways that you can get involved and ways you can serve or ways that you can uh, be more knowledgeable of some things. And then we'll be dismissed this morning. Good morning and thank you for joining us today. We hope this morning's service was a blessing to you. Join us tonight at 5 for our Level Up teaching and training modules. Come and choose two of the sessions from the lineup and join us for this special training time with something for every Christian. Grandview Christian Academy will be holding a special benefits concert on Tuesday, November 28th at 7 p.m. Come support our fall fundraiser as we enjoy the musical performances of our students. The 2024 senior class of Grandview Christian Academy will be selling Christmas trees this week to raise money for the senior trip. The Noble Furs are available for purchase today after the service or Monday and Tuesday after school for $50 and are located behind the auditorium. Pull around to the back parking lot and we'll be happy to help you get loaded up. For questions or more information, please text or call Madison at 503-878-3606. Ladies, it's here, our most anticipated event of the year, the Ladies Ornament Exchange. It will be Monday, December 4th at 6.30 p.m. Come to the church foyer on Monday night and we'll have food and fellowship. The Ornament Exchange will happen through a lively game where you may have the chance to steal your favorite ornament. So, this December 4th, bring an ornament to exchange, your favorite snack to share, wear your favorite Christmas attire, and join us for a great time of fun and 
Don't miss the musical Christmas program, Love Was Born a King, on Friday, December 8th at 7 p.m. and Sunday, December 10th at 11 a.m. This musical program features full orchestration as well as our adult, teens, and children's choirs. Join us for this special time of Christ-centered music for the whole family. If this is your first or second time here, we want to answer your questions and get to know you. Please fill out the Connect card in the pew in front of you and bring it to guest services as you exit the auditorium. We would love to meet you, and you will receive a gift card. Have a great afternoon, and we'll see you tonight at 5. And let's pray and we'll be dismissed. Father, we love you. Thank you for all you've done for us. Thank you for sending your son so many years ago to die on the cross for our sins. Lord, as we approach this time of reflection in December where we think back on uh, the goodness that you poured out on us, Lord, would you help us to be light as your son was light? Lord, would you make him strong within us so that every person we interact with, Lord, we are a representative of you. We'll give you the honor and praise for what you do in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.